0: From Westside Church in Bend, Oregon, you're listening to Behind the Message. Each week we have a conversation that takes you behind what we teach here at Westside. I'm Ben Fleming. And I'm Evan Earworker. And today we're in studio with our special guest, Pastor Spencer Schauber. Good to be here, guys. Spencer Schaber. Now, the first big question is, What? where does your last name come from? What is Schaber?
1: Oh, man, it's it got to be long, like German, right? It is very German. It is a long, storied history of some workers that uh, Schaber, and the German is roughly translated dirty work tool and uh, <laughs> it's I, not for real though no it really is it's really like <laughs> right. if, if your dog like makes a doo-doo on the floor it's pass me ein Shaba. Oh my and
0: goodness. you're just yeah give it's me that dirty surreal. tool wow um, t- <laughs>
1: or used to scrape it's literally you know it's just like that you know swiss army knife of you know dirty work jobs i feel like that's a really abundant heritage can you can you give us that.
2: some lines in german do you know german
1: Oh yeah, do express Deutsch sehr gut, yeah. <laughs> if you say like you know, you know, if you say kein Kitzeln Kampf, it means no tickle fight. <laughs> yeah. no tickle fight Why Which as a youth pastor that? That's actually a great line Yeah I actually use. We did a yeah. thing called Kinder Vulcan And kids were there Were really weird And just want to tickle you And you're like Oh my god!" You're like uh,
0: Nisch Nein stopping." You know It's <laughs> like inside winter camp Is that what you're telling me Just kidding Yeah basically <laughs> Well good job last night man We had yeah. third Wednesday Last night And uh, Spencer got to To preach for that Which is our Our young adult And high school gathering Combined into one um, and honestly, I mean, it's always a real pleasure. The, the couple of times that I've heard you speak, There's just a real honesty and authenticity into what you bring. Uh, last night though, I thought it was especially good just talking about the difference between wanting something for your life and actually doing things and finding the motivation to go out and get those mm-hmm. things and how that fits into the will of God. So, um, really why, why was that? Why was that your focus last night? What, what's what's God speaking to you about from that kind of element of what you talked about last night?
1: Yeah, I think, honestly, it's been on my heart so much to see just students, both in um, the season of life when you're coming out of high school or you're a young adult. It, it's just such a powerful opportunity that you have just so much freedom to be able to really invest in your relationship with God and really see... Um, God move in powerful ways to be really on like the ground floor for some huge movements of God. And I think oftentimes that our lifestyle doesn't line up with what we want. And it's that idea of, you know, I mean, we could spend hours watching Netflix. We can spend hours on Instagram. We can spend hours just, you know, wasting time on the internet, but then we spend two hours a week with God and we expect so much more. And just that idea, man, if we just invested, our time and our energy into something that's, you know, not just temporary, but eternal, God could use that in powerful ways. You know, it's just been on my heart for quite a while.
2: Yeah. When I was uh, in high school, I remember kind of like being really obsessed with like this, um, trying to figure out exactly what God wanted me to do like today and tomorrow and then for the rest of my life and who am I going to marry? And, and like this really specific thing, and you you alluded to this last night, I thought it was so good that you said that you don't think God has a plan for your life. He -hmm. has a plan that he invites us into. I thought that was so good. uh, Cause I think especially for students, there's this like laser focus on, I got to figure out my life Mm -hmm. and God has, has got this perfect thing that I got to figure out from him. And uh, I hadn't heard it spoken. Like you spoke it last night of God has a plan and he wants us to join him. Not the other way around. Yeah.
1: Well, I think, I mean, like you look at like even just late high school and I think the most like just paralyzing question is what are you going to do after high school? Yeah. And it's just like, <laughs> hey, figure out your life. When you barely know anything yeah. and it's just overwhelming well and
0: it's funny because you can kind of you you almost force yourself into making decisions right so you know like oh you got you got to go to college and you got to go to college now then you have people that have switched majors four times in college and they're still not figuring out but you know they've accumulated you know a couple hundred grand in debt and <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> we do we feel rushed you know it's yeah it's crazy. so what do you what
2: do you tell students both of you guys what do you say to a student who obviously isn't necessarily uh prepared to make these kind of life shaping decisions but they have to because this is where they're at right? yeah, they're, good, yeah. they're gonna go to college how do you how do you work through that with the student?
1: yeah i i mean i always start with like you know i don't think you can somehow exquisitely ruin god's plan for your life you know like that idea that oh man you really uh you really picked the wrong major god's very upset you know or like <laughs> you really you went to university of arizona and it really should have been ucla i mean come on major mistake Um, but I, I honestly, whenever a student is really struggling with that, I say one, um, God has given you a, just a set will for your life, man. It's to love people. It's to point people to Jesus and do something that you can still continue to do that in. But I always encourage students, whatever you do, whether that's, you're going to school, uh, you're working for a while, you're taking a gap year. I always encourage them do something that moves you forward. If you're doing, you know, if you're going to work, start saving your money. You know, don't just spend it on going out every week, you know, start saving your money for a trip, for an investment, but just do something forward. Even if you're like, all right, I don't know what I want to do. Take some community college classes, but just do something that moves your life forward in a significant way that you're able to like have something that you're doing. Cause even if you just don't know, it's okay to take a year or two to figure that out, but save your money, you know, go on a big Europe trip, you know, do something that you can just say that, Hey, I'm moving my life forward, but don't just get stuck in the, you know twister of just staying at home and watching netflix yeah
0: what i've kind of grabbed onto in kind of in light of all that is that god's will so to speak is more present than it is future and paying attention to what you're doing now is a lot more important than trying to grab onto the mystery that is the future as i've noticed uh, especially in ministry somebody told me this when i was 19 or 20 and just starting a ministry Uh, that there is no ministry that is intended to be a stepping stone into another area of ministry. That God has given what you're currently standing on to you right now. And to pay attention and to think, well, someday this is going to promote me or someday I'm going to preach at conferences and I'm going to do whatever is absolutely not God's intention for you. And I think you can apply that across the board no matter where you're at. Um, and that's a tough thing to do especially when you're 17 18 19 because it's uh, and and we're even talked to that way and it's not bad to plan for the future but that's a lot of it when you're in high school it's like well you got to do this for college you got to do this so that you can go to college you got to do this so you can get your degree and all this Um, and really a lot of uh, being intentional about what we're doing right now is a lot more important than simply just planning for the future always you got to be um, very much present with your current circumstances or else really it's difficult to find the will of God.
1: Yeah, and uh, I love what you said there. Somebody, um, you know, people always say that uh, ministry is people and people are not the stairs to your success. Yeah. You know, I mean, and, yeah, and that is good. so like, that was such a huge thing for me because whether or not we notice it, we, we think that way sometimes, you know yeah. I mean? Like when we network, it's like, I, Oh bro, <laughs> I gotta, I gotta get this guy's digits, you know, because he yeah. can really, t- I mean, getting connected with them would be huge. And it's like, right. man, how backwards is that? Yeah.
0: yeah.
2: And you brought up last night the parable of the talents and how uh, the master oh. gives gifts, money in the, in the story, uh, expecting a return. And when we think of uh, a student or ourselves in that uh, kind of way that God has invested in us, expecting a return, expecting fruit to be born out of our lives, I think it changes even how you deal with people, um, that we're not this machine using those around us to promote our own you know, next career step, but we've been invested in by God, and so the returns of our life should reflect that uh, in the now. Like what yeah. are we doing now to make sure that God's investment in us uh, is is growing and mm-hmm. not stagnating, or you know, disappearing and being kind of frittered away? Is frittered a word?
0: Frittered? I don't I know. Mean, it's, like, it's an apple fritter. It's I've delicious. used it a lot anyway. Yeah. Is that what happens when you eat an apple fritter? I, if you get frittered. frittered.
2: Your body
1: fritters away. <laughs> actually, actually, that's <laughs> accurate. Well, and I think yeah, it's that it's that idea. And I, I said this last night. It's it's hard to appreciate the value of something you haven't fully invested in and this idea that your investment will always cost you something and i think so often that we we want to invest in stuff we want to give to things we want to offer up our time when it doesn't cost us anything um and i think that's the thing about that's so difficult often in ministry is that we get a lot of students and a lot of people that want to be a part of something but they aren't willing to invest in it yeah and i think that's when we really just um man if changing the mindset of saying, yeah, like when you invest in something, you appreciate the value of it. All of a sudden it becomes something that you want to take care of. You, you care about, I mean, if I'm invested in students, man, I actually care about the fact that chairs are straight. I care about the fact that does it feel welcoming you when you come in? Because you've poured your heart and soul into it and you want it to thrive. You want God to use it. And man, I, I think so often, it's just so easy for us to just really, um, not put a big bet on something, you know, and to really play it safe. But God doesn't, God didn't save us to, to play it safe, but he saved us to live boldly and to take risks and to really go for it, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Something that you brought up that is, I don't think it's, it's juxtaposed or in opposition to what we've been talking about. Cause I think you're right on, but I would love to have you explain a little bit more is, you know, we, we talked about this, And we're so worried about finding the plan of God and, you know, we really need to be right here and focused on the present. Um, And then you talked about toward the end of your message, you know, that uh, God's plan can pass you by because God's plan is so dynamic and divine and it's going to happen. Um, I I always like to say, God doesn't need us. Like he doesn't need me. God's going to do God, whether it's whether I'm there or not. But, you know, we talk about this. Well, we, we don't need to be so anxious to find this specific plan and at the same time, we don't want God's plan to pass us by. Um, so how do we put those two phrases together, especially mm-hmm. as a young person and, and have an understanding of how God is going to operate from that space?
1: For sure. I think there's a big difference between uh, our personal really career path and this idea that what the direction that God has for us and seeking his will and things, I think God will present us opportunity and God will present us moments where we can really rise to the occasion. He puts it on your heart, you know, hey, like invite this person or your pastor asks, hey, I'd love for you to be involved with this. And that's an opportunity to play a part in God's plan. But this idea that God doesn't wait forever, timing matters to God. And I think sometimes that we just kind of, you know, as if you look at there's a chair that God wants us to really sit in and kind of assume a role or, or a part to play. And we kind of dance around it. Or we walk around it kind of gauging it. Do we want to do this or not? But honestly, I think God is so about making his plan. He's about people coming back to him. He's about seeing people get saved and discipled. That I don't think he's going to wait years just for that position to happen. In the same way, I mean, like if, you know, you look at, um, if you or I w- didn't jump on the position that's, you know, was offered to us, right. like, I don't know if God would have waited forever for us to be there. Yeah. And And so I think so often when we try to look at, God has a plan, and He wants our life to be a part of it. That part that we have to play might pass us by. Somebody else might fill that role, uh, and all that to say, it's it's not. I guess I guess the encouragement there is to not be afraid to jump in if God is presenting you with something, uh, and not be afraid to just say, "Yeah, God, what what are you going to do with this?" And let's let's go the distance with that. Versus, ah, oh, man, I'm I'm really killing it at my job right now, uh, or you know, I just like the season of life that I'm in. I'm free to do stuff. Um, I think God's patient with us and he, we always have an opportunity to be a part of that. Um, but I think if there is something special for us there, a lot of times we can miss that.
2: Yeah. I read this quote, uh, maybe think of it. we're talking about, having the courage to step into something, um, and not necessarily waiting for like the perfect moment where everything aligns, but, but having that courage to really step in, uh, Teddy Roosevelt said, it is not the critic who counts not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who at the best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly. Yeah, that's good. Uh, That's so cool to think of uh, when you face what your life will be uh, we don't know if it's going to be perfect, but we refuse to sit on the sidelines yeah. and criticize people who, well, we could do it better. Well, you're not doing it better. Right. Get in the arena you're not doing know, it. and <laughs> dare to fail uh, and see what God might do. I just thought that was so such a concept that I think is missed by a lot of young people.
1: Right. Well, it's this idea that um, God's not asking for your perfection. He's not asking for this perfect person. I mean, you don't have to have your life together to impact somebody else's. And he's not asking for just this perfect perfect slate in this perfect life. He's just asking for your participation. Yeah. That's good. And I think we miss that, you know, and I think so many people just feel like, well, man, I don't know all the answers or I'm at, I'm at my university and I just, I get hit with these questions. I don't even know how to engage with, well, I need to make sure I'm sharp and all these things. No, you, you just need to participate. And honestly, like sometimes it's a mess, but man, God does something in that chaos and that willingness to like, Step out, that man. He he makes miracles out of that.
2: Yeah, I, I love what you said. When you get into participating, it puts you on a path towards perfection. Mm-hmm. It's not that God doesn't care about perfection; He's making us perfect, right? But it's not something we arrive at before He uses us. We mm. we participate, get on the path, and He draws us towards. Uh, what's that in Psalms? I think you know the right the path of the righteous grows brighter and brighter mm-hmm. until the uh, dawning of a new day. You know, it's like this sense of. We're not there yet, but because we're participating, we're getting closer and
0: closer to who God is making us. Yeah, and I'm always I'm always kind of, it, it just makes me laugh at how similar most pastors are. Uh, very rarely does anybody get a degree or uh, get their uh, diploma from high school and then go on and get a Bible college degree and then end up in the right job. And then all of a sudden, you know, um, most of us have stories about, yeah, we just kind of kept showing up and then... <laughs> Somebody said, hey, this kid's showing up a lot. <laughs> like, yeah, right. I'll have him do a little bit more. And then, you know, there's, there's the 10-hour-a-week kind of paycheck that comes. And then uh, somehow... You know, we're just basically doing the work. We're doing right. the work already, and then God kind of makes a way for us to jump into an area of ministry. And of course, it doesn't just—it makes sense to us because we are pastors, uh, but I've really seen that in, in a lot of entrepreneurial spirit type mm-hmm. of people or even people that just work their way up in a, in a job or a company is really they just kind of kept showing up they kept doing a little bit more than what was required of them and that was enabled them to make some mistakes and gain a lot of that valuable experience and it, it's so i've noticed in my life that the poorest i've done is usually sitting around simply criticizing others like you were talking about and saying well why didn't they do this and why didn't they do that when all the time i'm observing i'm actually robbing myself of some valuable time where i could be where i could be making mistakes yeah. that would help shape me and move me forward in my life
1: yeah it's um it's so fascinating. I, I used to do this thing where if I ever was in a position where I was with somebody that just was either older than me or way more experienced than I, I would say, Hey, what's the single best piece of advice you think you could give me? And you can take your time to think about it. And I was talking to this guy that used to work for Citibank and just really just hardcore executive guy. And he said, honestly, I found out doing the jobs that no one else wants to do and being faithful with a little And he was just talking about how all the time, whenever his superiors were like, Hey, is there something that we need to do this? And no one wanted to do it. I'd always step up immediately and do it. And it's that idea. I think that God sees us when we're, when we're faithful over little, he will set over us much. Yeah. And just that idea of, man, just get in the game, you know, I mean, like it's again, it's I mean, it's the classic New England Patriots thing. Do your job. Yeah. You know, get in there. And and even if it's like, man, there's a lot of honor in stacking chairs. There's a lot of honor in making tacos. You know, it's like you are playing a part and a significant part to make these things happen. You know, and it's just like you said, it's about getting in the arena and getting your hands dirty and just jumping in there.
0: I was talking to Matt Lang, who actually ran the Rise Together conference that you guys were at. Right. And he was intern. He interned with Chad Veach. who's this big deal now. And, you know, Chad is awesome. He's got a wonderful heart, but he interned with him. And he said, the process was funny because I wanted to get involved. And I, I I emailed him. And then I came and checked out his ministry and loved it and said, man, I just want to be a part of this, blah, blah, blah. And, and what am I going to do? And was kind of expecting some kind of title. And Chad said, well, I would love it if he stacked chairs. I would love it if you just kind of Came, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like met students and opened doors, and he was like, I felt like Chad Vich karate kidded me for like a year and a half of my life, where I was stacking chairs and you know washing windows and stuff like that. But yeah, man, there's something to just about showing up because that's what that's what my dad used to tell me. He said, not everybody has the same skill set, but everybody has the opportunity to keep showing up. Right. And when we keep showing up, the same when it comes to a movement of God, when we stay faithful, when we stay prayerful, when we stay worshipful, we keep showing up. We learn so much, but God can do so much just by us continuing to show up.
2: And I, I remember a decade ago showing up here, uh, moving back. This is my hometown, but I moved back here um, and just started as a volunteer assistant worship leader um, at well, summer camp. Well, that sounds glamorous. <laughs> it's <was> super glamorous. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I remember like one of the, uh, in the first month we were back, like heading out to the coast for a summer camp with uh, Casey Parnell, Lindsay, um, and just like helping out playing acoustic guitar mm-hmm. um, and just taking it seriously. And I think for me, it's always been important, whatever I'm doing in ministry or volunteering, uh, whatever level, I'm going to take it really seriously. Right. Um, and I think... uh for anyone who wants to become, you know, a pastor professionally, quote unquote, um, what are they doing now and how seriously are they taking it? If they're stacking chairs, like, are they treating that as they would treat preaching to a thousand people? And I know for me, um, that has been the path for more and more responsibility and influence. And to get me where I'm at today is every step of the way, you know, this is like, this is my calling right now. Mm -hmm. I'm in this moment with these 50 kids at the summer camp. Um, this is the most important thing I could be doing, and that sense of of God puts us in places now um, to really test what 's on the inside of us for yeah. later. Uh, is important. Not that it's a stepping stone because if we treat it as a stepping stone, we're not taking it seriously. So it's like this (laughs) this interesting moment where it's like, this is the most important thing. I'm not doing it to get someplace else and yet because I'm faithful in this, God is going to continue to expand my influence.
0: And let's be honest, we haven't stopped stacking chairs and we haven't (laughs) stopped unfolding them. And I'm not sure that ever really happens for anybody even higher up in a lot of corporations or companies that are being successful, especially in kind of the entrepreneurial bend kind of culture. Right. You, You keep doing that stuff and there's nothing wrong with that
1: when I think as a leader like I'll never forget um God, I wish I remembered his name but uh senior pastor of like you know 3,000 person church and they were just wrapping up service you know and we're, we're hanging out and we're talking I'm getting some lunch with some friends and I look over and the senior pastor has a backpack vacuum on and he's vacuuming <laughs> the lobby that's awesome and I'm like man there's something about seeing your leader in the trenches with you yeah because you're like man you get it like yeah. you're not just you're not above that, but I mean, and even if he could probably
2: delegate a little better, but yeah, (laughs) Yeah,
1: for sure. (laughs) But but now we have
0: some leadership insufficiency. Yeah, for sure. He's like, man, we're just trying
1: to cut costs, save money. (laughs) But just that idea though, because I even asked him about when I saw him later, I was like, man, why were you vacuuming? And he's like, I honestly, I think it's so important just to even take five, 10 minutes just to be like, Hey, I'm not above this. I'm with you guys. And the message that that communicates is so powerful. Yeah.
2: The message it communicates
0: to yourself too. Mm
2: hmm. You know, so. Um, there's one other, uh, illustration you used last night that really stuck out at me. You said that uh, a lot of times we see God as this benevolent grandpa, uh, and we, we miss the fact that he's this all powerful creator. Uh, maybe you could share that, <laughs> that again.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, um, we have this idea of. You know, kind of almost an inherent selfishness. And everybody has it. I mean, it's not just a millennials are just the most
0: entitled generation. I'm like, is that the truest statement, though? It is, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and we know. We all know. I feel like we all know. Every generation looks at the next generation and is just like, man, you just want it all on a silver platter. Yeah,
1: I look at baby boomers and I'm I like, get it. you know, th- their parents were probably like, I used to have to, you know, fight off wild animals to get to school, <laughs> you know, and like, you got it so
0: good. You know, or like shelter. Your parents that, didn't have though. shelter. I know, like, and I mean, granted, ours is like I had to watch the commercials before Scooby Doo came back on. All right, know, like none of right? his DVR stuff, no binging it. on Netflix. With my son, I'll be like, "Um,
1: son, you have it so good." There used to be this thing called buffering.
0: You don't even know what that was like.
1: It's awful. <laughs> um, no, but it's just this idea that you know we we treat God as if you know he's he's just this. Looking out for us. He really loves us. Kind, benevolent grandpa who gives us a weatherman's suite, you know, and we're doing real good. But like if we actually take a moment to just think that the God who created the universe, who is all powerful, who can do anything, we are praying to him and we have his ear. We have his audience and he's not just this weak, can't do anything God, but he is this powerful lion that can radically transform us and change our hearts. Um, you know, somebody said, I go into prayer expecting my circumstances to change because God can change those. And even if my circumstances don't change, he can change me. And there's just something really powerful about just taking a moment to be like, who am I actually praying to? Yeah. And who, like when you pray to God, who do you picture? Do you picture this, you know, white robed, you know, old man, or do you picture this all powerful God of the universe who can do anything.
2: Well, I think a correct picture of, of the you know, greatness of who God is actually mm. moves us away, and you touched on this last night, moves us away from this egocentric, it's all about me concept. And I think really the heart of the message that I took away last night was it's not about us. You mm-hmm. know, It's not about my life plan and, and what I need today. While that's important to God, it really is about His story and His plan and who He is. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we get to partner in that and step into that should be the joy of our lives. Yeah. When we realize I'm not the center of this thing, I find my place centering around the greatness of who God is. Yeah. Uh, and that can change everything about how you know we're talking about careers and ministry and all these things. Man, that changes everything when you realize the whole point isn't me. Right. Right. <laughs> even my family, you know, even yeah. even my personal life isn't all about me. It should be about something greater. I should, my life. Uh, should in the end reflect something bigger than my existence right. for these 80 years or whatever. And that
0: uh, that his love for us, because he does see us on an individual level and does mm-hmm. care on that level. And it's so easy to get stuck there, which is super unhealthy for us to think, okay, well, this universe revolves around me and God revolves around me. But the understanding of how much God cares for us individually should motivate us and push us toward the greater vision of God. It's, I remember when I first realized, and it's so funny, you have these revelations that should be so simple and basic. (laughs) I was like, man, God thinks of everyone like that. Like I feel, you know, and and that all of a sudden clicked into my brain how important this mission is, whether you're a pastor or not. How important this mission that God has to save the world. Like He actually pours out that love on all of humankind, and not just me. And all of a sudden, the work of God became something almost a little bit more practical to me. But it became it came into focus the the greatness and the grandeur of that plan. If He loves everyone, like I feel like He loves me, you know.
1: Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, you look at just so often that this idea of eternity is just not something that we think about, you know, I mean, it's not this idea that man, I'm in the, the hours of work that I put into stacking chairs to, to connecting with people that is worth eternity. You know, I mean, I'll never forget when I, uh, you know, I was doing an altar call and a bunch of students raised their hand at a camp and it was like 20 something students for that night. And it was great. Yeah. And then afterward, um. This girl was just like I didn't understand what I just did. And I'm like, what do you mean? And and we sat and we just, I mean, I talked with her for two hours. Wow. And walked her through everything. Good and for just, her, by the way. Right. Like, <laughs> and, of the and guts
0: to come up and say that. Well, yeah,
1: but then you, I'm just sitting there, and someone is like, Why did you take two hours to talk with that girl when she right. just accepted Jesus? I'm like, Man, is our it, it was worth hours for her to understand the decision that she just made. Yeah. That's it good. was worth me like taking the time to actually invest in her because I'm like, man, she knows Jesus and who He is. And it just, oftentimes, like, if we just realize that what we're doing actually affects forever. Yeah. It's powerful. Yeah.
2: And those moments, I mean, I would take, I would take one of those conversations, uh, to, you know, 20 kids raising their hand and really not getting it. You know, it's like we put so much, uh, value in like. A great number of people doing something, whether it's meaningful or not. And I'm not saying it's not meaningful. Many right. times it's very meaningful, but sometimes it's just like, all right, we got a, we got a hundred responses, and we go away feeling good about that, mm. and we're not even measuring or trying to to get a sense of did that actually connect? Did that actually produce life change? Yeah. And yeah. so when the when you have those moments of conversation where you're like, okay, I see, like the lights are coming on. Um, man it 's hard to beat that kind of experience
1: right you know? well, and for every for every person that raises their hand, like when I first accepted Jesus, I raised my hand and immediately I was like i don 't know what to do And I was like, what's my next step? And I, I mean, I just went up to like, you know, my pastor who I connected with for the, I mean, he just invited me. So I was like, he's the only person I had a connection with. (laughs) And I was like, I don't, I don't even know what to do. What do I do? And he just started meeting with me every week and every Thursday uh, for years. And, and you you just, you miss that. And and when you realize like, man, that effort and that time matters, you know, it's not
2: wasted. Yeah. I remember my youth pastor, I would come, try to make it on 6 a.m. on Thursday mornings uh, to a Bible study here at the church, and then he would take me to breakfast, like a sit-down, nice breakfast every single week wow. when I would show up. And at the time, I was thinking, well, yeah, that's what he does. And now, as a pastor, I'm like, to have a standing meeting with a student uh, for a breakfast every week, that is a huge commitment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And I didn't even realize the kind of investment uh, that my pastors and leaders were making into me, that now it's, it's their legacy. you yeah. know, And I didn't know at the time... But it's those moments where I, I guarantee you, many of those mornings, like he was like, "Oh gosh, I got to take him to breakfast again." Yeah. But he did it, and it was that investment that now uh, is in me, you know. And so I just, uh, you can't underestimate the power of
0: that consistent investment. You know? And I think that's a big part of really the entire scope of what you were talking about last night is we underestimate those moments, the consistency of continuing mm. to show up and. And invest even if it's in just one life. And I think that's one of the more frustrating things about life period is that it's so much investment for almost these, these moments that all of a sudden pop up later on. You know, I'm, I'm doing my 10th year of ministry and I'm getting emails from people that were in my ministry seven years ago, being like, man, remember when you said this phrase or you said this, or you encouraged me, you sent this text and I'm like, wow, (laughs) seven years ago, you know, that's crazy. That seed that was planted and, um, It can be frustrating. It's kind of like raising kids sometimes, you know, But now that we're all in the middle of that. And you think about all these investments that they really don't get right at the moment. And I think we want the world in general that doesn't believe in Jesus to respond to us in such a way. And that's why we like raised hands. And that's why we like to count responses because it gives us a little bit of that instant feedback, kind of that shot in the arm to feel like, oh, my gosh, that we're doing it, but so much. Uh, even in the business world, it's just investment, investment, investment. Oh, I get a little return. Yeah. Investment, 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 and it's so tough to to visualize. Man, are we ever going to get past this stage? You know, am I as my kid ever going to be potty trained? All these probably not. <laughs> All these times <laughs> I'm taking him to the stinking bathroom and trying to like. I don't know. Play games with him in there, so we'll sit on it long enough to—I don't know. It just seems like it's never going to happen, and you know, you know, it will—that the investment will pay off—but it's so hard to see.
1: Yeah. Well, it's just, and I think that's why it's so crucial to if someone has invested in your life in a significant way, tell them. Like I, for me, it was so jaw dropping when I I shared with an old intern who, when I was in seventh grade, they were interning, and how they would just share scripture with me, and it just stuck with me. But it wasn't until I was like interning myself and becoming a pastor that I connected with him and said, "Hey, you remember when we were sitting outside at Crestview and you shared Galatians six nine with me, and and that just impacted my life so much and wow. has been such a testimony of like something I fall back on. I'm like, all right, if I if I keep pursuing, if I keep faithful in due season, I'll reap a harvest, of blessing. If I don't give up, mm-hmm. that really resonated with me." Guy started crying. He just was like, "I." Thank you. I just I didn't know that I had that impact on you. Wow. And I think so often we just we're like, wow, that person was great. But man, if we got better at just recognizing the investment, recognizing the investment that somebody put in us and really being like, thank you, um that is powerful to just to be able to say like, you I see your investment yeah. and you have changed lives because of it. Um because man, the only time we're going to really know that for sure is hopefully when we get to heaven and we just see the, the breadth of what God did through us, and it's powerful, and I believe that that's going to happen. But, man, that matters to, like, have somebody recognize that.
2: Yeah, gratitude is something that I think gets overlooked but is really the engine of, like, people doing what worked before. If, you know, I'm not, if I don't know it, it worked, why am I motivated to keep doing that? But you hear that, you're like, wow, you know, my, my voice matters to that kid. And even, I got to remind myself sometimes, uh, like services, um, you know, when I'm talking to a student after service or during a response time, like, Evan, you know, your words matter to this student yeah. right now. And so, you know, look them in the eye, say their name, um, and, and realize that something that you do maybe a hundred times in a month, this kid has never heard before. They've never heard somebody call out the gift of God in their life. They've yeah. never heard someone say that they're valued and accepted by Christ. And so these moments are way more important many times to the person that's receiving it
0: yeah. than they are to us. And we got to remember
2: that. Yeah.
0: And God cares about timing. It's so funny. We went out for the after party to mod pizza last night, and we bought some uh, some meals for people that weren't even a member of our group. Uh, and this one guy comes up to me before he even knew that we were paying for all of his stuff, that Westside was paying for his stuff. Um, and he says, oh, you guys are down here because of the power outage. And I was like, I don't even know what you're talking about, man. (laughs) (laughs) And anyway, they went through the line, and then we were all sitting around, and he and his wife uh, came up, and we're like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe that you just you guys just bought that for us because the power was out. We were going to paint our house and, you know, we're like remodeling. We ripped out the sink and we're like out of money. And so we thought, what's the cheapest place that we could go that would have power semi near our house? Uh, And he said, next thing I know, you know, it's, it's not only cheap, he said, it's free. It's unbelievable. I had no idea that this and that, and, um, you know, just got to encourage him and, uh, you know, not share Jesus overtly, but encourage him really, you know, in the name of Jesus and through, uh, through the church. That is west side and the timing for that guy was just so right you know and all of a sudden a pizza means everything in the world to the guy and the witness of the other people around and and i think we have all had those moments where you know that those people that are encouragers are always doing it they're always so often encouraging people it's not just you they just keep going and keep going and keep going it's really encouragement needs to be a little bit more like a machine gun than we give it credit for because i think well i'm going to encourage here because i'm going to reap exactly this harvest here and a lot of it is like kind of like the parable of the sower everyone thinks about well I want to be the right soil for the seed which is true and I think about the sower the sower which is Jesus who was not care less, but seemingly carefree about where the seed was going. I mean, all the places it landed on, he's just like, here you go, grow here and encourage it. It gave opportunity in all of those places in the soil where so many people wouldn't have given the seed a shot. And he still continued to dole that out all over the place. Yeah. And I think that's something that's so key to us. You know, it's not, let's not be selfish with the generosity or even the encouragement. You got to let it go. You got to machine gun that stuff out there more than you would think. And not to over spiritualize that story,
2: but I mean, what a cool picture! Like you have this family living in darkness, right? They come yeah. down to find the closest thing <laughs> know, it has light, right? and then they realize the gift is free. I mean, that's yeah. what we do, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, and what a, what a picture of what our heart of ministry should be beyond that? Just that that the deal is better than people assume it, it is.
0: Yeah, you know, that's I, good. I just
2: I try to think that all the time. Like, how can we convey the grace of God is actually? better and and mm-hmm. free and you know you thought you'd have to do all this stuff to win his approval you don't have to do that and and when that kind of message weaves its way through everything we do everything we say all the encouragement um, it's it's
0: unbelievable yeah. to people I yeah. think it really is and Andy Stanley talks about relationships like that you know we're talking about that on Tuesday nights he says I don't think I don't want you to just do this because you're Christians or do relationships God way because you're Christians. I want you to do relationships God's way because I think the best relationships come from doing it God's way. Right, uh, And it's not like, hey, we want you to serve or jump in or we really feel like you should serve God with your life no matter where you're at. Because you're a Christian, you go to church and that's what you do. It's because the the best life is going to come from that. And I think sometimes we forget about that. Well, it's like
1: Tim Keller says, uh, you know, he had that uh, podcast that we listened to on staff, but it was when he said, like, don't come to Christianity because it was, you know, convenient. Don't come to Christianity because it emotionally stirs you or that you liked the music. Come to Christianity and believe in Jesus because you believe it. It's the truth. Yeah. And there's something powerful about that where it's just like, man, you, you actually, this is the foundation to build your life on because it's what is right and what is true. And, you know, I think in every opportunity that we have to participate in God's movement, do it because it's the right thing to do. Not because, you know, it advances your walk with God because of all these things, but do it because, man, like... This is the way to live life. That's the best way. And yeah, and it's like, man, people covering each other, people loving each other and doing it for more than just because I feel good about it. It makes me feel good.
2: Yeah, and it takes more work, right? The easiest thing is to do a a big event, Really emotional, you know, get the, the piano playing in the background and, and do a big moment. But when you actually dive into, like, hey, let's talk about why this is true. Let's talk about why this matters in your life. Yeah. Let's walk out life together. Man, that's, that's tough. That's harder work. Yeah. But that's discipleship, right? That's, that's Jesus walking town to town with his disciples. Um, and I think we rely many times t- far too much on the large scale things we do and right. we we can overlook or breeze over uh, the important and difficult work of discipling people yeah, that's so good you know well uh i think that about wraps up today um thank you for joining us for this episode of behind the message for more check us out at westsidechurch.org